Welcome to Leadership Reimagined, Episode 6, Empowering Leaders and Employees with Leticia Latino, Founder and President of Neptuno USA. During each episode, we look at leadership from the vantage point of what it's going to take for leaders to lead their organizations forward into a new future. I'm Dr. Jane Lovis, your host. Uh, so would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. First of all, thanks, Jane, for having me. I'm so excited to be on your podcast. Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, so I'm Leticia Latino. I'm CEO of Neptuno USA. I like to define us as uh, one of the companies that make the magic of communications happen. We build the telecom towers uh, that you see along the road and that uh, make us enable our chit-chatting over the phone and that these days are so important uh, for, you know, our day-to-day after COVID. So that's that's my job. I'm very passionate about communications and connections in general. So, yeah, and and it's all getting a real big workout right now, as we were talking about before we even started. That with everybody working from home and the use of video, communications yeah. is even more important. Not Absolutely. only the structure for it the hardware and the physical part of it, but just communications in general, the our be, having conversations, the yeah. level of our conversations that it's important for people to have when they can't get together in person. Yeah, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because it's been my struggle all my life. I've been in telecommunications pretty much all my life for over 20 years. And so, you know, we get a lot of resistance many times. And my product, you know, the product I sell, which is towers, are those tall things that no one wants in their backyard, but there's always a love and hate relationship with them because they always say, well, what would you do if you didn't have cell phone connection? But no one wants that, but they don't want the towers. So it's always been like that kind of struggle. And uh, to your point, I think the times we're living are showing that to do it right is so important and that we cannot minimize infrastructure and that what enables us really to, to keep connected. On the other hand, and um, we might get to it, but I, I do have a podcast that I created two years ago that it's about human connection because I struggle with it myself. Although I'm a very technic- technological inclined person, I feel that we're really consumed by technology and the screens are really eliminating every form of human contact we have. And, and that's something that I, I want to uh, raise awareness on, that we need to have more human connection. Mm, I, I love that because that I believe that that's so important too. Um, in fact, as I was getting ready for this podcast, I remembered something um, that I was told once that we all need like seven physical touches a day. Hmm. And I thought, how long has it been since I have touched someone? You know, Uh, I thought, well, I'm really glad I have this little four pound poodle. (laughs) It's in my lap most of the day when I'm like, when I'm on conference calls, 
and stuff. She is like sitting in my lap. So I thought, wow, at least I'm getting physical touch some way that, you know, that's a real, a real missing besides the, the communication that we're missing too, that, that touch. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And the funny thing is, uh, well, I'm, I was born and raised in Venezuela, but my family is Italian. So I have the Latin and the Italian in me. And, uh, you know, I, I was joking because my family in Italy got hit pretty bad with this COVID situation. And I tell people, well, you know, our culture is, they, we kiss twice on the cheek just to say hi, just, just right there. You know, the way the form of living is way more uh, touchy feeling that, that the American way. Yeah. And the Latin culture too. So I'm not surprised that there's some countries that have been hit harder just because the way we express affection, we, uh, we communicate with each other, it really involves that touch that you're mentioning. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, that, I hadn't even thought of it in that aspect either that, um, you know, I, my background is Scandinavian. Well, <laughs> completely opposite. Exactly. And I'm pretty outgoing for Scandinavia, you yeah. know, for, for being Scandinavian. So it's like, oh, yeah, that's these, some of these cultural differences it's that huge. We, we don't think about. No, and now I'm in Florida. I live in Florida. And so if you see also what's happening, you know, like when people relax and now there's an optic on COVID and it's also because of that, we, we need to be with other people. We need to be around each other. That's part of the culture of who we are. So it's very difficult for some, I think, cultures and, and to express themselves in isolation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And thankfully... We do have video. Yes. I mean, thank heavens technology has advanced. Could you imagine this? I mean, think of when they, when they had the plague in England, you know, in Europe, in, what was it? Was it this? In Spain. Yeah, well, the Spanish flu, I think it came over here. Yeah, but yeah. But yeah. And you really were isolated and you had no way to even get communications. Yes, I, I, I think of that often. It's, and again, it's a struggle. It's like, do we feel more depressed because we can reach out and we compare notes or that when other people didn't have that option and so you just had to be home, you know, because yeah. now as we see the rest of the world now starting to get on with their lives, I think it hits us differently. Uh, then I don't know, but yeah, I, I cannot imagine this without telecom or without communications. And as a matter of fact, I think it's great because, uh, for example, telemedicine and telehealth, those of us in the industry have been pushing it for years. I mean, the technology is, has been there for, for a while now, but it's just the adoption of it and people don't like to change and right. people resist change. And then now they are realizing like, well, okay, I, saw, I just saw my doctor, I saw my x-ray on my screen, I, I didn't have to deal with the nasty um, secretary, uh, uh, you know, because if you think about it, one of the most aggravating experiences is just going through the desk of any doctor. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> but, and so it's a positive experience for most people. Yeah. 
And they didn't have to drive any place? Nowhere. And you got it right away. Yeah. And so, so I think because now we're forced to change, we are really opening our eyes and our hearts to other possibilities. So for those of us that are in an innovation-driven industry, it's actually good because it's like we've been trying to push these changes for a while and, and they haven't been embraced. Right. And, and this is actually an opportunity because once you get over that initial hump, when, when people go, they do it the first time. So like you were saying with telemed, they make that first call to their doctor. They've never spoken to their doctor except in person. You know, maybe they've spoken to the nurse because the nurse is called, you know, to give them some, some reports or the lab tech or something. But otherwise, it's always in person. Yeah. And now they've t had a chance to talk to their doctor and they've, they, you know, it's been easy. So then the second time that happens, and now the third time that that happens, now it's become a new norm. Absolutely. And even when things open up, they're going to go, well, why do I have to go to the doctor for this? Why do I have to make the trip? Why can't, why can't now it, you can't say that it doesn't work because it worked when we couldn't go. So. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So I definitely think, you know, when people say this is a new normal, definitely it's not only to, towards, you know, when you cannot just go to a restaurant and eat your meal without your mask or that kind of stuff. It's really going to be a different way of living. And uh, our kids are going to have different way of studying. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, as, as everything, it, it's going to be very good. We just have to control, you know, we have to make technology work for us not right. more for technology and we've had we've had stuff thrust on it us unprepared yes and so i've got a i've got a daughter talking about you know our kids in schools i've got a daughter who's a teacher mm -hmm. and they went from one day being in the classroom to like a week later their kids being home no real training, no real making sure that the kids were going to be supported. They just kind of limped along. And now there's, there's talk that the schools might not, certain schools, or how are they going to open up in the fall with, with spacing? So now it's, it's, the question needs to be, what do we need to do to make it a success? And we've got that going on in offices. You know, it was people went and worked from home and it's, it's worked, but it's not 100% successful because they've got maybe their spouse there, their kids there. We, we don't have structures in place. Yeah, but that's so exciting. You say that and to me, it brings a smile to my face because I'm, I'm one of those people that I really... I shouldn't say hate because it's a strong word and I don't like to use it, but I really don't like when people say we've always done it this way. Right. It really rubs me the wrong way at work or anywhere I am. And, and because I'm someone that always tries to optimize processes, always tries to find a better way. And uh, I find that so many people, they're just in their comfort zone and they never question, but okay, we've always done it this way, but is this the best way we can do it? And so this opens up so many opportunities to really do things better. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's that's a place where leadership really gets to 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 stand up and lead in how do we make it better and work for everyone. Yes. Yes, this is a, a dreamer's paradise right now. Anybody that has had an idea or that has wanted to do things differently, even I tell my team or other people, it's like this is a this is a moment where your boss or the leadership is gonna be open to you doing things differently because there there's no set of rules. Like our rules, we had to put it on the side, and now we're dealing with a whole new set of, of circumstances. So. I always say people I mentor that this is your time to shine. Yes, it's challenging. Yes, we're going through rough times, but at the same time, it, it's like a white, an empty canvas or a right. clean canvas to, to, to really define what it is that you want to do. Yeah. And really being clear on what it is that you're trying to create so that that's what you're doing as opposed to doing things to look busy. Yes, I think we struggle a lot with that. And uh, uh, especially in this country, I have to say, I love the US. I've been here 23 years. I consider it home. But, you know, coming from that Italian mentality where connections and a good meal, like people here, you take a long meal and the people think you're just wasting time. I'm working because I'm creating relationship. I'm creating value. I'm getting to know my potential customer. And that productivity relationship, productivity versus time that we have here in the U.S., I think it's a problem. Um, and it's something that I always, well, I started uh, like two years ago, a movement, a hashtag, Time to Reconnect with my podcast. Uh, because I always envisioned that, that we need to claim back our time to reconnect to ourselves and to others without feeling guilty about it. And every time we imagine our emails you know, even when you shut down your computer, you're thinking, oh, my God, when I turn it on, they're going to have so many emails and you feel guilty about those emails that you're receiving. That shouldn't be. Right. That shouldn't be. So I definitely I agree with you that that relationship with productivity and, and how we feel that we are, you know, doing something good. We need to refrain that. Yeah, I, I, I think that's so important because. Productivity isn't just doing it's creating and creating it does not come just out of doing things you have to have that space and the time to create and it very often comes out of relationships and conversations absolutely and your state of mind i'm big on what is your state of mind and when you sit, when I sit down every morning, I say, I need to be on my most creative state of mind. I need to make it count as a mom of two small children. So I don't want to be wasting my time in things that are either not important or can be addressed quickly. You know, I don't want to be dragging emails and seven conference calls to, <laughs> to say the same thing. Um, but I think there's people that unfortunately hide in those situations because it's it's comfy you know they if you're there for the paycheck that's the best place to be you you create business and you hide in your little shell and then you should be okay <laughs> so so i'm gonna rephrase because what i think people do is they create busyness <laughs> yes <laughs> yes yes i agree 
which doesn't always create business. I, I, that's, that's brilliant. Jane, I think that's a, a Sopra says tweetable or trademarkable. <laughs> yeah, that is. I, I like it. I, I thought about that because I've seen, I've worked with, you know, people that it's just, they, they, they look busy all the time. Yes. But they're not, they're not really creating and moving forward. And I think that as leaders, that's one of our biggest opportunities is to ensure that um, our employees, our state, everyone knows where we're trying to go so that people can help us get there as opposed to just being busy all the time. I agree. I agree. I think that's a big part of and, and putting heart into your business too, right? Like where's, I understand we all have a job. We like some of it. We don't like part of it. There's no perfect job. I always say, I love my job, but there's a part right. that, you know, that I don't like. There's stuff you just have to do to get it. All done. the administrative stuff. I do not like if I could read my email, you know, my, my mind and not sit on the computer and, and, and respond emails, I would be the happiest person on earth. Right. But you, you have to do it. Right. But then it's how you incorporate other things that you're passionate about in the business and in your organization that, that keep that drive and that spark going. I think that's so important. And it's why are you doing those things? Because yes. you're creating something up here that really excites you. And so you know those things are important to move you forward. And as soon as you can, you find somebody else that would love to do those things. <laughs> yes, that, that is very true, you know. And the, yeah, what you don't like is that it's an ideal. Well, I, my, our company is a family business. And my sister, uh, who is you know, fantastic. And she loves the accounting part of things. She always tells me, I don't know how you do it. I will hate to go into public speaking or trade shows or with the customer. No, no, no. And she is so happy with the numbers and with the quick, quick, um, quick books, <laughs> all that stuff. And that's why I say, that's why we're a good team, you know, right. because she loves that stuff that I don't. And so uh, lately she's been helping me and that's fantastic. <laughs> I yeah. see her happy and I'm happier too. Yeah. And, and I agree. There's always a few tasks that we just, we have to do. We're going to have, we have to do them because we really can't delegate them. No. Just, they have to come from us. So we just, we do those and knowing that they're taking us someplace the place to, that we want to go, we just, we keep doing it because it creates something that we really are passionate about. And that's the most important thing. I was, I was sharing with somebody in, uh, about, you know, when you, when you create a vision and being specific in your vision, because, you know, we're on you're in Florida and I'm in the DC area. And so say we want to take a trip and, and I say, we want to go to California, but I really mean I want to go to San Francisco and you think I want to go to San Diego. So we start driving, you know, we start going there and we're going to meet, meet there and we're at two different ends of the state. And you know, that's a big state to be at the wrong different. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. 
But I said I wanted to go to California. And you said, yeah, so do I. Yeah, you were in line, which just were, were very specific. I agree. I think, uh, and you know, in during these COVID times, I've been doing a lot of reading, a lot of um, like well-being. Mm-hmm. I started meditation for the first time in my life. I had oh. never done it before, but I said, well, now I don't have the commute, so I can really try to pick up some of those things that I've been wanting to do, and it's been great. And um, and I forget what I wanted to say with that. That's great. Um, but, um, well, it, it, it's basically say in prayer, too. They say you have to be specific. And I always say that's one thing I, I do wrong, you know, because I always say I feel blessed and I feel grateful. But I'm not very good at asking, like, specifically because I almost feel bad about it. It's like I'm so lucky already. I don't want to be specific about more stuff. But every book I read of successful people, it really states that you have to be super specific about what you want. And, and I think it's really the same about where you want to go. It's, you don't get on the bus. Uh, you can either drive the bus or be in the back of the bus and see where it takes you. So I always say I prefer to drive the bus. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. And the other thing is, too, by being more specific, when you're asking others to help you get there, they can help you get there. Yes, asking, also asking for what you want. And, and, and yeah, it's hard to ask. That's, I think it's something that it's a, a trait that, that as leaders, uh, you know, it's hard to develop because you, you kind of want to make sure that you look the part, like you know where you're going, that you know what to do, but the truth is sometimes you don't. Right. and. As a leader, do you want to be the absolute smartest person in the room? No, I, I like different perspectives for it, sure. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. might question them. I'm stubborn. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to deny it. But I, I often, I, I, I like to hear also like people, and I, I guess that comes a little bit with the multicultural, like, as I say, uh, you know, my family is from Italy. I was born in Venezuela. I live in the States. My husband is Dutch. So, you know, the story of my life is really to have to compromise from a di- to, to understand a different perspective mm-hmm. and uh, because it's not all the same. And when you are from the same place and maybe live in the same place, you just assume everybody around you is the same. Yeah. And, you know, that it's really helpful when you when you realize that everybody's experience is different. And as you say, we might be saying the same thing. The goal is California, but you know, where the ultimate goal and where to go, how together is completely different. San Francisco and San Diego are two very different yes. <laughs> cities. And yeah, and that's, that's one of the things I, because I, I see that in organizations where leadership says, this is what we want to create. But they're not they're they're not clear. Mm-hmm. So people, their employees really have a hard time helping them create it. Yeah. What I see, I think, sometimes is um, that people put up very complex plans, mm. and by doing that, you confuse everybody that you know has to execute so i always struggle to the like let's go with simple steps 
because it, it is true that not everybody has the ability to go and see like the 10,000 feet view yep. and how do we get to where it needs to go. And some people are really good at that view and selling that view and then they lack the part of, okay, but how do I make it like to, to, <laughs> to the, I don't know, the filing of the company name because it's a, let's create a company. It sounds so good, but there's so many steps before that company can really do anything. Right. And there's other people that are very good with those transactional things and know the steps, but they just cannot see the bigger picture. Right. And, and that's, that's where, you know, to be able to formulate a plan where everybody can relate into what their, their role is into bringing it to life, I think it's so important. Yeah, I think that in and of itself is a really such a valuable skill. And you're right, not something that everyone has. And so creating those plans so that everyone knows what is what they're doing to to create that and to execute um, supports everyone in the organization. Yeah, I agree. Because I don't know about you, but most of the most of the people that I've worked with over the years, they want to do a good job. And when yeah. they're not doing a good job, it's typically because they're frustrated in some way either something wasn't clear or they're told to do this and and then it turns out that there's a change but nobody told them why it was going to change and and things like that whereas when leadership can really lead then an organization a team can run so much faster yeah, I think that, yeah, I, I personally struggle with, for example, the managing the expectations, because I think when I hire, when I bring someone to my team, I think I'm so clear about what I expect. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and the problem is some, sometimes people take maybe a job interview just as a routine, mm -hmm. right? So you go through the steps. I don't know how many people I've had in, in a job interview that said they speak multiple languages and then you, you start speaking to them one of the languages they know nothing about the language. <laughs> and so it's really become like a process. You know, you, that's what you do. You put, you speak. And so, for example, for me, I always say you have to wear multiple hats. You have to wear multiple hats. And one of the things I say, I want to be upfront because I don't want to feel bad at the end of the day when I'm demanding you know, on something that I was clear about. It was going to be multiple hats. And you told me you had no issue with multiple hats. But the truth is, in my experience, that is very hard, at least with that one trait, to find someone that likes and can wear multiple hats. And so it creates a frustration because when people kind of fake their way into a job and uh -huh. get into a job that is not the ideal job for them, they're going to be frustrated. Yep. And no matter how you try to lead them, that frustration is going to be almost unbreakable. Yeah. And so that's why I got into mentoring, for example. And mm -hmm. when people say, you know, young, even uh, senior year uh, high schoolers and uh, not too long ago, right before we went into lockdown, I, I had, you know, one of the sessions with young girls and I swear out of, 
out of 25 girls, probably 20 wanted to be a nurse. Um, I'm like, how can it be? I, it, this is statistically, it's impossible that 20 of you want to be a nurse. And, uh, you know, it just caught my attention that they are, they're being influenced by, you know, their environment. And my question to them was always, what kind of life you want to have? Because they asked me, how did you know you want to do this? How do you know you want to do that? And I say, well, more than what you want to do, I always ask myself what kind of life I want to have. I know I like to travel. I know I like talking to people. I know, And so you try to define what it is that you're going to be doing based on what you like to do. Mm -hmm. And what I find is most people, of course, you need to take a job. You need to take the bills. You have to do what you have to do. But we don't put enough thought into that. This is only one life. You have to enjoy what you do. And if you don't think and make that list of what you like and what you enjoy, you're going to end up in a position that you don't enjoy and doesn't serve anybody around you because you're going to get into a, a bad mood. Yep. And then you're going to, I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of writing a, another book and, and the title is, is it Friday yet? <laughs> and, and, and I will say, and you will get into, is it Friday yet mode? Right. You know, I say every time I go into the elevator in my office building, people are, oh, Monday. How many more days to Friday? Oh, Tuesday. It's like they count the days for Friday. Yeah. And I think that's a very sad way to live, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. I really want everyone to wake up on Monday morning going, oh, it's Monday. Yeah. What, what am I going to do this week? Right. Which, which means... You have to know who you are, the things that you like to do, the things that are important to you in your life and in your job, and then have, because our work tends to be a good portion of our life, create something that, that supports you so that you're not getting up Monday morning going, is it Friday yet? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would always say, if, you, if you're doing something you're passionate about, you, you should count the seconds to Monday, not the minutes to Friday. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and unfortunately, um, you see it all, all around. All around you, you see this kind of mentality, this habit of you just get through the week. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, oh, 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 it's finally Thursday oh. afternoon. <laughs> Yes, it, it, it's just funny because everybody knows, even before I started with this book idea, I would tell my co-workers this, right? And they would make fun of me. And then they started noticing, right? That when they get to the elevator, they started hearing it before they weren't noticing the comments. Uh, this is, yeah, this is great to pay attention to for, for anybody listening to this is, you know, yeah, what, what are your employees, what are your colleagues saying? It's a big, it's a big indicator. If yeah. you and those around you are, because those are habits, right? That's what you're telling your own body. It's yeah. like you're dragging to Friday. And then the weekends, we all, I love weekends. Don't take me wrong. I also, you know, wish sometimes, but, but it's, I don't live for the weekend eh? because we all know it goes fast. <laughs> and so, but uh, once you start noticing that, then you say you shouldn't, live like that and you should incorporate things through your week both as you say uh, passions at work things at work that you can do 
that get you excited about it, but also in your own personal life, you know, if it is running or meditating or yoga on Monday or Wednesday that make you wish for also those days. Right. And, and break that habit of, of just wishing for the weekend. That, that is so critical. So when are you going to have that book done? Yeah, it's, uh, I have to, you know, it's, I, I started, uh, I, well, I published my first book not too long ago. It's called Women in Business Leading the Way with 13 other CEOs. And we all each tell a story of, uh, you know, the challenges we face in each of our industries. So I, I talk about the challenges of, of being in a male-dominated industry for so long, like telecommunications. But I have I have like six books in the in the works, and uh, and I always say you know I don't rush it. I just have you know so for of that book I probably written like four or five uh, chapters already. But as I leave, I know the book keeps getting better. Right. So I just don't try to rush the book. I just keep leaving it, and 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 now I feel that the the time is right because also you see the environment around you and how people are living and it's becoming more prevalent that mm -hmm. mentality and and now that we are you know most of us are working for from home doesn't help right because now we don't even have that uh, the other distraction now every day seems a monday or a tuesday or a wednesday we don't know anymore yeah right. how many times do you have to look at the calendar to find out what day it is and yes. you know what what i'm also i just thought about as you were saying that is people have had a level of freedom because of the more, you know, most people probably have about two hours more a day. Absolutely. Between commuting and getting ready for work, maybe even three hours, mm -hmm. you know, because some days you don't even have to get dressed. You can, yes. just, you know, um, and there's going to be, I imagine there's going to be less tolerance of spending so much time dreading your job that this isn't Friday yet when they've had this experience of it's not perfect. You know, you're home with your kids, but you've had time with your kids, even though some days, you know, we'd all love to not have time with them. We yes. do. <laughs> It's, it's, it's so different. And so to be able to have that, you know, we've seen, we, we've seen, we've had a touch of it and we're not going to give it up easily. Absolutely. I hope not. I think, you know, as, as some people have complaining, it's getting to them, but I, I, I agree with you that a lot of people I've talked to, they say, you know, this is, a unique time in life. This yeah. is never going to happen again where, you know, I have a five-year-old and a nine-year-old. My five-year-old, it's like in paradise. She has mommy and daddy working from home every single day. I'm enjoying, this is a great age uh, that, you know, that I have more time with her. So I think that's also important for you to say, to recognize, you know, the, the blessing in the middle of the tragedy yeah, we're obviously all hurting, trying to, you know, make a living people that have to go out to work. That's really, really a challenge. But at the same time, I think if we embrace the opportunity to re reset and and just redesign your life, this is a unique opportunity. My biggest fear is like, I don't want this to be done and not have to 
made the most out of it. Mm -hmm. So I've had several things I've worked on that are a child of COVID. <laughs> that normally, because I travel so much for, for work, you know, I don't have the time or the, and instead those three hours now that you're saying that I've gained, I use them towards something like I pick up on meditation, like I did other things. I'm working on a personal webpage where I can, you know, centralize all this book and the podcast and these things that I'm doing. I never had time for that before. So I, I really think that each one of us needs to think at the end of this, what, what, what did I change? What, what am I, go what's going to stay with me? Right. And what, and what did I uh, eliminate it that wasn't serving me? Right. That's a great way to put it. What am I going to keep? What's, what did I realize is important to me? What am I going to keep? And then what are the things that I'm going to let go of? Yes. And B, I mean, anybody that knows me, Jane, will tell you I'm extremely social person. I, I, my calendar normally with the family and for myself, I have a lot of friends. I'm always out and But you know, the, the beauty of it is, and I was telling this to my husband the other day, I know I can be by myself because I've done it before. Like, you know, in hard times in my life, I've just went traveling for three months on my own. And I think we all have to realize that we have to be at peace with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And sure, I love to go out. Sure, I love to travel. Sure, I own that. But you know what? This is a time when you cannot do it. That doesn't mean we need to be miserable. So right. we need to embrace the time and, and just be happy with who we are. And if you're not happy, just try to find out why, what's bothering you, what's, what's not making you fulfilled and work on that. This is a great time to do it. That, that's such great advice is, you know, look for what have you wanted to create? Because the act of creating is such a powerful act. Yes. So, so what have you wanted to do? Like, um, you know, and give it a try. It's amazing. It's amazing. Like, I mean, you have a podcast and I admire you for it. I mean, and I have a podcast and, and I'm sure when you probably started, people were, weren't people making fun of you a little bit or like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What? What? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you had experience with it before, but I didn't. And uh, so people were like, are you crazy? What are you, why are you doing this? And I, and I talk about it in my podcast. And some people think you're unhappy because you're trying new things. But I always say, I, to me, the biggest fear is not learning something. Like not really uh, making my brain work for it and just being in a status quo where I think I know everything there is to know and stop growing and learning is my biggest fear. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I'm always... I mean, for me, one of the be best things has been being able to read. And I am so grateful for, you know, audiobooks and online books and everything because I can still get books out of the library. I can get, you know, download books. I, so one of my great things is the, the additional time I've had to read. Yeah. Because I can sneak time in where if I was going to someplace or meeting with clients, I wouldn't have that, that space available. So no, I, I agree. I think it's, um, it's, it's, again, a mindset that we have to embrace, especially now.
And I told this story on my podcast, but I, I will share it with you. When I was about to get married, I was at the beauty salon one day and I was reading a book about divorce, right? And my, and my, my hairdresser, he said, aren't you about to get married like in one week? And I'm like, yeah, but I want to read about this before it happens, not after. If I, and the book, if I'm already divorced, I don't want to read a book about divorce. I want to read about it before it happens. And, and right now, to be honest, that's kind of what I've been doing. I've done so many like, uh, I've heard so many podcasts about mental health and, and thank God I don't feel I'm depressed. I don't feel it. But, you know, you are living a circumstance that is very different from your normal life. Yep. So, so I say you have to put yourself into that uh, mental strength. You have to send your mind to the gym, so to speak. Right. You know, these times require it. Because if I allow myself to be watching the news or just, you know, focus on the problems you have at work, because you have problems at work, it's impossible not to have problems at work <laughs> during this, this test, then for sure I know I'm going to be more on the downside than on the high side. Right. So all I've been doing, you know, it's when I have a time, I go for a bike ride in the morning and I listen to a podcast that I know, you know, Oprah. Uh, all the Deepak Chopra, all these these people that I admire um, and that give me something, that give me that extra uh, um, energy and thoughts that I need to get me through this time. Right. And and I think that's that has been very important, not to take lightly the impact this can have in our minds, even when we feel that everything is okay. Right. That's great. Right. Well... Our time is just about up. Is there anything else you wanted to share? Well, you know, I'm not really. I think we've had a great conversation. I hope uh, that your audience has found it interesting. Uh, you know, I have a webpage where it's called leticialatino.com where, you know, the, you can find information about the podcast, about the book. And, uh, you know, I think... Uh, it sounds cliche, but I think we are all in this together and it's about building community, which I think you're doing with your podcast and, and, and I commend you for that because you hear that other people are struggling with the same things and then you don't feel alone. And, right. and I think that's so important. So thank you for having me and for giving me uh, this time to chat with you. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for saying yes and huh? and sharing your podcast with us. And yeah, this has been great. I loved our conversation. I love looking at your pink wall with the guitars behind you. Yeah, they're my husband's, but they look good. I tell him, I'll do it in your studio. It looks cool. <laughs> yeah. oh, it just, it's, it's bright and vibrant. Thank you, Jane. No, I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll invite you to Back to Basics. And sure. then, we will have, then we'll have your audience here to your thoughts about how the success you've had. Okay, that sounds good. We'll talk some more. Bye sounds bye. great. Yeah. Thank you, Jane. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us this week on Leadership Reimagined. Make sure to visit our website, loveisconsulting.com to access previous shows and learn more about us.